Welcome back everyone once again for episode 52 of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 7th of March 2017, we are coming to the end of what has been a mini double game week for all of you Man City owners out there. Welcoming back once again, the Iceman. Thank you, Pete, and welcome back to yourself as well. Okay, well, I'm going to introduce our, our guest in just a moment. But Iceman, last week we had pancakes with the general. Uh, I don't know about you, but I felt stuffed after Shrove Tuesday. <laughs> it's because you had so much jam and you've carried it on to this week as well, haven't you? I did. Do you know? Do you know who else has been stuffed? Arsenal. Arsenal Football Club. Ten oh, two on aggregate yeah. against Bayern Munich. That, if that's not a stuffing, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for raising that first thing in the pod to lighten the mood. We're recording as we just after the final whistle. I, yeah. I, I'm still very, very angry. Yeah. What I'm not angry about, though, is the fact that the pod is uh, going international once again. We've been to Australia. We've been to America, and we're. Yeah, absolutely delighted to have joining us from India today. Uh, he's got up at three o'clock in the morning to join us, so fair play to him. Really appreciate his time. Uh, known to some of you on the on Twitter and in the FPL community, welcome, Sid. Uh, hi guys, thank you for having me. Uh, it's uh, my first time here, so uh, I think it's uh, like a pleasure because I love the pod. I've been listening to it this year, so it's great to be here. And thank you. Welcome. Yeah, great to have great to have you on board with us and. Um, we know you've been listening for a while, so it'd be good to get your opinion today. Sid, just just tell the listeners a bit about how you've been involved with FPL. Uh, so I've been playing for five years now. Um, I actually started playing religiously about two years back. Um, that, that season, I really went through it very through a lot of stats, through a lot of planning. So I finished 1.2k in the world in my nice. in the overall rankings. Nice. Uh, the season after that, which was the previous season, I finished 7k. Uh, so I've been doing okay for the past two years. And uh, I've gotten very addicted to it. Um, so it's just been like, uh, like the deeper you go into it, uh, somehow you get more addicted to it. And like there's this whole FPL community and there are like all these podcasts. So I've just been like really uh, like attached to the whole thing. And uh, I've been uh, doing this, like been advising people on Twitter, etc. Uh, doing a lot of rate my team, etc. Yeah. on Twitter for the last two years. So... Uh, it's. I think it's been very enjoyable, and uh, I just like uh, like sharing my opinion because usually I have like an opinion about like different topics. Uh, like it's it's good that I can come on this sort of thing and like share my passion with other people, share my opinion. Yeah, it's so, good to have you. Uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Sid, just uh, what is your Twitter handle so people can uh, message you after this for advice? So uh, my Twitter handle is Fantasy Pest. Uh, so it's just <laughs> Fantasy from the Fantasy Premier League. And a pest, which I don't know why I kept that, but <laughs> I have to ask you: the last time I was called uh, a pest, it was followed with a restraining order. So I need to ask, <laughs> what, what, why pest? <laughs> so, so I actually just went uh, when I was making my own this thing, uh, the whole Twitter. When I got onto Twitter, which is about three years back, I was on there, but I never like really paid much attention to it. And I saw all these accounts, and I saw, thought that I could have one of my own and probably share my opinion, and maybe someone <laughs> likes it. Uh, so I just couldn't find another name with it because addict, uh, etc., etc. All the different yeah. names, the, all the common names, they were already taken. So I just couldn't think of anything. So the, the first thing I could think of, I just put it in and forgot about it. 
Yeah, I, I think I think it's a fair description as uh, as far as FPL goes. Um, but I think you're probably answering more questions than you are pestering people now. So good stuff. Great to have you on board. Now, chaps, let's get straight into a review of our, our teams. Of course, we have only got four fixtures to review this week, so the pod might be a little bit shorter, but that won't stop us going into depth about uh, the upcoming fixtures. First of all, Iceman, if I could come to you, how is your game week going so far? Because I know you've got some City players. Yeah, I've still got two City players, but it's it's not going great. I'm on 52 at the moment with a minus four hit. I have got Baines to come off the bench for me with that extra one point. I triple captained Aguero this week, as many did. I brought in Yaya Torre as well, so it was the only two moves I made. Uh, so yeah, I was hoping for a little bit more from Aguero but we've still got to play Stoke and yeah who knows Yaya Torre could get a penalty I don't know uh, I had the same people in terms of Mane uh, Lukaku and Sigurdsson score me points everyone else was nothing including Ibrahimovic who got you me a minus one which was great mm. so I've actually and a three game ban as well yeah three game ban as well yeah. so I've actually slipped down to 62k now Okay, so still some time to make it up, though. I know you've got Aguero ready to uh, to fire for you in that game against uh, the game against Stoke coming up. Sid, how's your game week going? Uh, not too good. Um, I did uh, fifty nine points after my eight point hit. I got actually Aguero, Sane, and Sterling, all three of them in. Uh, so after my eight point hit, that's about fifty one. Uh, I have Sane, Sterling, Aguero, and Peters left. I don't know if Peters you can really count him in that game. I hope he is not. Uh, he doesn't do too well because that would mean my players have the other players have done yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty well. Uh, I also have uh, Aguero triple captain. Uh, just trust the guy too much, even though he's not been playing. I just don't trust Pep too much. But then again, you had to go for it. So uh, I'm hoping uh, I can get about thirty, thirty-five points more. Hopefully, if if even Aguero scores one, I think I can get twenty from him. So that's huge. So I think a lot. Uh, to play for even though there's just one match I think there's a lot still to play for in this week yeah I think some good decisions there I was actually very tempted like you to go with the Sterling uh, Sane combo um, but I opted against it in the end but I'd be interested to see how they both fare against uh, a Stoke side that isn't exactly watertight at the back um well to follow you I'm having a slightly better game week so I took a minus four hit to get three City players and I'm currently sat on um, well, 68 officially, but if you pull Patrick Van Arnholt off my bench once again, that puts me up to 74. So jam. Another jammy. It's all about the squad depth, Iceman. I've told you this a thousand times. Um, <laughs> I actually decided to finally get rid of Kingsley, who's been sat on my bench useless and redundant for months now. And I've brought in John Stones, and I'm actually quite pleased I've done that because he's pulled off a cleanie. And even if he plays and, and they don't get anything in that game against Stoke, it's still a couple more points. So I'm quite happy with that. Still got Sterling to play an Aguero triple captain. My big performers, unfortunately, were Mane against Arsenal. And Eden Hazard just keeps doing it. Another 11-point haul from him. So, Iceman, I know we go backward and forwards each week about his value, but for me, it's just the consistency which I'm loving. Yeah, you obviously reaping the benefits from that, but... I, yeah, I can just never see the high ceiling from him at the moment, and that's the problem with him. But he's just—he's been a great player for you, hasn't he? So he's just so consistent. It's just—if if, if anybody looks down his lip for t- ten million plus, I appreciate your point about it. it doesn't exactly turn around twenty points a week. But if any of you look at his last games, you will just see the consistency, just chipping away, bringing in sort of five to fifteen points. So. Um, for me, he's he's staying for now. Um, yeah, it, it, he's the sort of oh. player you like 
want to have throughout the season or not have at all because yeah. whenever i've had him i've missed him so i i think i just timed it wrong maybe but i think he's the sort of player who averages good points over a period of time rather than rather than when you get him in because it then it it's totally upon luck yeah it's a good point that it's a, it's about kind of getting him at the right time i know lots of people who myself included in the past who kind of he goes on a hot streak, you put him in, he goes off the boil, you take him out, he goes back on a streak. He's one of those guys, you've got to time it right, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, well, some, some opinions on Hazard there. Let's move into our mini-leagues. Just a quick overview of the top ten. Um, not a massive change. I think, for the most part, this is fairly similar to last week. But um, tenth place, we've got OK, the OCG. Up into ninth, Coman, you blues, Paul Mitchinson. Eighth place, Insane in De Bruyne. It's our old friend Luke Thunberg. Seventh place, we've got Biggles Wingmen with Patrick Houghton. Sixth place, Trap Stars with Glenn Moore up into sixth. Banana Nose, Maldonado, I've got to say that's my favourite uh, name in the top ten. Matthew Greco dropping a fifth this week. Uh, on the other end of the scale in terms of uh, team names, no-name <laughs> boys, Roger Cabral is up to fourth. Are you for Real? Good week of 62 so far. Mohamed Ismail up into third. And the ongoing battle at the top. Uh, the special one, Dimitar Todorov versus Andreas Alanda with Anticlante United. Actually, this week, Andreas moving a little bit further ahead of Dimitar on 60 points. So that's an 11-point swing for those two. So it's hotting up at the top, Iceman. Yeah, Dimitar is on the same amount of points as me this week, by the looks of it. Although he didn't go for any City players. Wow. He's gone for two Stoke players, Grant and Peters. So it just shows the difference in opinion of some FPL managers. Well, he set himself up nicely for the next game week. So he may be thinking, like I said to you last week, really, if you've committed to City, then two or three of your players, your your game week has been brought forward, really. So you, you're banking on that game against Stoke. Um, some people bypassing that and going straight to next week. So interesting the tactics we're seeing at hand here. Yeah, I've actually gone in the opposite direction as him. So I've gone for like three city players and I have Peters, but he's gone. He's like planned for 28 and I've planned for 27. It's like to- two totally opposite minds. Yeah, it just yeah, it shows the difference. I'm just going to give a shout out to Erwin uh, uh, Godfather, who's scored 94 points so far this week with my wow. God given right. Is his team name so a nice team name there as well? Very very strong. Yes. Um, no good good score. Has he got any city players? Yeah, he's got, he's got Aguero, triple captain, and he's got Anatovic with sixteen points. He scored this week, and he's got Stones at the back and Grant as well. Do you know what he he could push it? Um, Anatovic plays like he has been, or at least Aguero scores a couple of goals. He could push on for one fifty this week quite yeah. easily. Yeah. Interesting, Stone. traps. Thanks for uh, sharing your teams there, and thank you everybody for uh, still taking part in the mini league um you know i think it's still growing even at this stage in the season so tell all your mates get everyone to add us in and we'll give you the uh, the code at the end of this uh, game week podcast but i think chaps let's get down to business we've got the epic task of running through four whole fixtures <laughs> for this game week so first of all we're starting with a three o'clock kickoff we've got bournemouth versus west ham united so, Sid, as you're the uh, the guest, I'm just going to come to you for this first game. Bournemouth versus West Ham United. Who do you like in this fixture and for moving forward? Um, I think if I have to talk about West Ham, I'd probably divide the whole discussion into, say, three parts. Uh, one is an essential player, uh, a, a player who I think you should definitely have, who you can't go without in this week. Then is a luxury buy if you have a good set of, say, seven to eight players already in for the week and you want to go for a player, you just want to punt on a player for a week, 
um and then the third category is um uh, is an indulgence i think uh, indulgences are never very good so uh, a player who you should probably avoid um so i think from uh, from west ham i would uh, say that there's no essential player uh, i don't think there is any player who i would really really want uh, desperately for this week um in terms of luxury i would probably look at lanzini and snodgrass uh, even antonio is back this week so you just have to pick one of them uh, if i was to pick i would pick snodgrass because he doesn't change my team structure personally too much and he is uh, a good fourth slash fifth mid to have going forward uh, and i think there's a lot of people who would probably look at say cresswell uh, reed etc but uh, they've not been too good at the back so i'd probably totally avoid that and term it as an indulgence so i think that's uh, yeah that's uh, say west ham If I had to talk about Bournemouth, uh, I would probably go for just King. Um, yeah. There's other players. There's Daniels. There's Fraser. There's Adam Smith. There's Afobe. But I would not go yeah. for any of them. So just go for King because he's out of position. Um, he's also the penalty taker at the moment. Us- yeah. Usually Stanislas used to take it, but I think he's out for like ten days and he's not also been playing. Yeah. So I'd probably go for King, but I wouldn't term his term him as a as an absolute necessity. Probably yeah. as a luxury if you have a free transfer and if you already have six to seven good players, uh, which will obviously come uh, come to later. Um, then I would definitely go for uh, King if I had a free transfer. But other than that, I'd just term him as luxury. I have to agree. I think um, for me, King is the one that still remains the the good value moving forward. He's playing out of position, even though he's a midfielder. He is on penalties. I think we've called him a couple of times in recent weeks, and he's actually been doing very well. Um, Norwegian international. I'll come to the Iceman in a second and see if he's got any other views on Bournemouth. But I just want to come back to your point on uh, on West Ham. I'm. I guess uh, you've gone the way of Snodgrass. I can see that. I'm perhaps leaning a bit more towards Lanzini at the moment. I mean, the guy is incredibly talented when you watch him. Very, very skillful. Uh, a great replacement for Payet. Now he's gone. But I'm just looking. His last seven game weeks, he's come up with uh, with four uh, point hauls where I've been. They've been nine or above. Uh, a goal against the Champions in waiting as well last night. Frustratingly for all of us Alonso uh, owners out there, but. I like the look of Lanzini going forward. I think it's 6.3 million. He's only actually about 20 points shy of uh, Antonio's score for the whole season. So his form is actually very good. And beyond this game, they've got Bournemouth, obviously this week. They've then got Leicester at home and Hull away. So we know West Ham are a little better on the road this season. So um, I agree. I think Snodgrass or Lanzini, for me personally, I'd lean more towards Lanzini. Yeah, I, I agree with that, mate. I mean, he's got the most attempts in the last game in the Chelsea game out of any yeah. other player. Like, it was four attempts on goal he got. And he does look sharp. playing in that number 10. He just looks like one of these players who gets involved in more or less all the goals. In fact, let me just... I did have a stat I saw here. Oh, yeah, so um, Lanzini's been involved in 50% goal involvement since Pyatt left. So it just shows that he's yeah. the one that they're kind of going to now. I know you, you're giving Snodgrass a shout there, but it looks like it may be pushing towards Lanzini more than him. I know you, you can argue the case that Snodgrass is on some free kicks, etc., but Lanzini just seems to shoot on sight, and that's always good for having a player like that, whereas you've got more potential to get a goal. Um, actually, Lanzini has, I think, why I don't like him as much as Snodgrass is, uh, because he's a bit more expensive. Uh, if cash yeah. is tight at this moment, you can't really yeah. make a transfer to get him in. I see somehow I feel that 
if you're upgrading your fourth midfielder you couldn't go to like say a 6.3 sort of price tag that's yeah. the only thing if i had if cash was no issue i would probably go for lanzini uh, i wouldn't go for antonio because i think he's just too expensive so he's another transfer waiting to happen later because you can't have a 7 million player from west ham that's what i think so snodgrass because of uh, he's also made two attempted assists uh, in the last yeah. match though lanzini has had uh, he had no shots in the last game but i think snodgrass will come good it's just more of a gut feeling between these guys like the yeah. i think the liverpool midfielders that's all that's something we'll come to later as well so i yeah, think I th- it's about that my gut says say i i prefer snodgrass personally I think I think that's uh, as fair. To, I think that's the thing as well. We talk about stats sometimes trusting your gut and, and what you're seeing isn't a bad thing either. So, I guess um, you know you've got two good options there. In terms of Antonio going forward, I think you're right. He falls into that awkward price range where if you're trying to accommodate more expensive midfielders, it's difficult to justify a seven million West Ham player. Having said that, if he gets back on the form of early season, then then he's a must-have. Well, not must-have, but he's someone that actually is, is good value for that. Iceman, let, let me come to you for this. You've given us a few stats already. Is there anyone else that you were looking at or anything you want to add to the discussion around this well, fixture? Antonio. Uh, I know he got a red card in uh, the game before last, but he is just such a consistent player, I feel, for West Ham. I know in the last few games it's been 2-2-2-2-2-2-2, but West Ham are just getting their edge back now, and he is one of those players who could probably benefit from it. You know, he almost scored in that game that he played, hit both posts, which was quite unlucky. So I can see him coming back in this game. Bournemouth, they can see goals. They're third for goals conceded at the moment. So you can see quite a few goals here for West Ham. I know they've got Carroll back and West Ham in the last two games are actually highest for crosses into the box so I could probably see some Carroll headers and some Antonio headers going in here these players I know you say maybe wouldn't must have them but these are potential go-tos like AU is another option there I would see that West Ham they've got some great fixtures coming up if you're going to bring in one of these players just for this game week you're able to keep them for the remaining six fixtures after that Yeah if you see actually if you look at the stats on Antonio he's just had two shots on target in the last five games so i think that's something that we'll have to look at even though Snodgrass has had no shots he's had a four attempted assists two attempted assists i think he's had a lot of attempted assists in the past few matches even Antonio has had one he's had one attempted assist each match for the last five matches so i just feel that uh, in this current setup with Carroll up front uh, i somehow disagree with what you're saying so i i think Again, going back to that, I think Lanzini and Snodgrass for me, uh, but obviously yeah. everyone has a different opinion. Yeah, on no, it's good. It's good to have different. I think I think it's good to have that diversity in opinion, though, definitely, because um, you know, you know, there's there's a, what you're seeing and the statistics. So that's why we love FPL because there's so many different ways of viewing things. I think the thing we're probably all united, unless the Iceman's going to throw something out there, is Josh King from Bournemouth appears to be the only one any of us are talking about. Yeah, more or less. And you can still punt on Fraser, I suppose. Francis might be coming back for me. I'm hoping because he's in my team. I'm hoping that he's going to start this game, but I just can't see him getting many points. Probably just a two pointer. Yeah, there's not that many to bring in. Probably Ryan Fraser or King here. But if you're going to opt for the two, I'd go for King because he's uh, he's the penalty yeah. taker. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. If you look at King as well, he's also not been playing particularly well. Actually, it's his team which has not been playing really well, and even he's had just five shots on target, out of which three were against Everton, where he scored actually two goals. So I think that's also one which looks uh, better than it is somehow. I just feel that there's not enough value to just go and go in for him if you already don't. 
if you don't have the big hitters i think i'd probably avoid him uh, i'd probably go as far as saying that i would probably avoid him and not get him in interesting okay chaps we've said plenty on the bournemouth versus west ham fixture let's move on to everton versus west brom Two teams that have done very well this season. Everton probably more in the ascendancy at the moment until they played Tottenham at the weekend. West Brom, just a few questions about them over the weekend. Again, losing against Palace, which I certainly didn't expect. Three o'clock kickoff. Iceman, I'm going to come to you first for this one. Um, who do you like in this one? And thinking about perhaps moving forward, who else would you shout? Yeah, all, all eyes are going to be on Lukaku, really. He's, he's Everton's highest goal scorer now. He's got six goals in his last six. So you can see why ev- everyone's going to want to bring him in if they haven't already got him. He is definitely going to be a captain option here. West Brom, they are quite solid at the back. So that's why I'm kind of almost steering away from that captain option from Lukaku. But I can still see him scoring. If you're looking at other players from Everton, you can see it in Coleman, Barkley. Coleman is an ex-winger, so there's no wonder he gets these attacking returns which he gets. The stats in his last six are ridiculous. Barkley, he is actually improving at the moment. He created 14 chances in his last four. It shows that he is getting involved in most of the play, and I think for Everton, he is their main man for creating chances. I know they they changed the system a little bit in the last game, probably just to hold out Spurs, which obviously didn't work. So they're obviously going to change back to their more attackive style and probably put Lookman back in with Morello's starting. I can see some potential points here for Everton, but is West Brom. They are quite solid at the back, and if you've got the likes of Macaulay Foster, you're obviously going to play in this game. Yeah, I, I can't see that many goals coming here for Everton, and in, in terms of West Brom, again, I, I can't see many goals coming from them, so I could probably see quite a low-scoring game here going to be a tight one i wouldn't necessarily take a minus four hit to bring uh, any player from either side from this game interesting view there Iceman. yeah and, uh, obviously gareth mccauley seems like the obvious pick for for west brom in spite of what happened last week sid what are your views on this fixture um very simple i think i'll start with the player i think it's an absolute must have it's, it has to be between the two fullbacks uh from everton uh either coleman or baines personally i've gone for uh, for coleman I believe in him, even though Baines supposedly has penalties, uh, which I don't think he will now uh, because Lukaku is fighting for that top goal, top goal scorer uh, award. Um, so, Coleman has 56 points in his last seven game weeks, which is eight points per game. Mm-hmm. He has four shots on target for a right back and eight attempted assists. So, that's almost an attempted assist every game. And uh, I think... For me, he's an absolute must-have. His next four home fixtures are West Brom at home, Hull, Leicester and Burnley. Uh, In the next six, he has four home fixtures. Um, Absolute must-have, even though he has Liverpool away and United away sandwiched in the middle. But because of his attacking turn, you can always expect him to do something or the other. So, I think an absolute must-have for me. Um, Similarly, Lukaku, he's been uh, terrific. I think I missed him when he scored uh, three or four goals. I remember... One of these matches where he scored, I think, four goals, I think. Um, yeah, it was against Bournemouth, they won 6-3. Yeah, Bournemouth. We were just talking about Bournemouth and uh, he absolutely went crazy. He had four shots on target in that match out of the five shots that he had and he scored four goals. So, that's 100% conversion. Uh, he's been, I think, he scored against Tottenham away from home, which I think is probably the toughest fixture. Tottenham at home is absolutely fabulous. He also scored um, versus Sunderland, which a lot of people said was lucky. 
um i just feel that he's an absolute must have and i would get him in uh, there will be a lot, lot of people who will actually captain him uh, along with uh, the other usual suspects like sigerson and mane so i think i'd just have him even if it's for a hit i would have him because his next fixtures his current form his team is playing okay and he's scoring he's scoring with almost every shot that he is uh, having on goal and he's having a lot of shots plus i think lukaku is very consistent he's had 13 returns of more than 5 points uh, this season he's had 6 returns of more than 10 points so he's an explosive player he sometimes goes missing uh, they famously call him blinkaku but i think um, i would definitely have him yeah I'd, i'd agree completely he's in my team and he's very much um, in my thinking for captain's uh, choice this week although there's one or two others we could definitely um consider i i was going to call coleman as well like yourself there said i think um if you can afford 6 million um it does make him a premium price defender but with the uh, the absence of some of the top teams this week it wouldn't be a bad shout to make that your i suppose bigger transfer because like you say what he represents going forward as well as defensively in everton defense it's a lot more settled now is excellent so i think it's a, it's a great shout Okay chaps, well we've got Hull City versus Swansea. Uh, I'm just going to kick us off on this one. You two have already started to speak a little bit about some of the players featuring. Now, I'm focusing a lot more on Swansea than I am than I am a Hull in this one. Just got I've just there's a few Hull players I think that provide value, but if I'm going to bring players in at the moment, I want them to be fairly dead certs. And the one I'm bringing in this week is Lorente. Again, we've mentioned him in recent weeks, but again at the weekend, showing the class of a of an international sort of target man that he has been over the years for Spain. Actually, he's now up to the point of which his points per million value is the second highest amongst forwards in the Premier League, only behind Jermaine Defoe, and it's rated at six point sixteen point three at the moment, which essentially means that actually he's great value, he's second highest behind Jermaine Defoe, and Defoe's perhaps gone off the boil a little bit in recent weeks. I wouldn't um, back against him not to get back on it though at some point. And just the way that Swansea are playing under Clement, I mean, Iceman, I'm not sure if you want to speak about Siggy or, or, or you, Sid, but certainly there's a lot of good stats around Sigurdsson's increase in form, and that's definitely helping Llorente. So for me, 6.4 million, he's absolutely worth bringing in for this week. He's my transfer already. Um, Sid, who do you like in this fixture? Uh, again, as much uh, as I like Coleman, I think Sigurdsson is another one who's uh, got me thinking so much. I've already got him in. Uh, I'll just go through another few stats. I'm repeating a few stats because I just feel that these are the important ones, which are shots on target and attempted yeah. assists. He's had ten shots on target in the last six games, yeah, and fourteen yeah. attempted assists, which means that he's had either he's had four go- uh, shots on target slash attempted assists per match. He's also had forty-two points in the last six matches, which is seven points per game, and yeah. he's returned in each of the last six matches. so he's had a goal and an assist in all of them i think this is uh, this consistency is is absolutely phenomenal for the, the sort of setup he's in yeah. and he's he's had no service he's all he's creating everything on his own he's giving i think probably i think he's one player i think who's just carrying the team i think that's the sanchez as well but uh, i think this is just a phenomenal player and he's probably like the big fish in the small pond. Yeah, he's one of those players which if you own you've just got to kind of keep for the rest of the season now I think because if you're looking at Swansea's fixtures there are 
Yeah, if you're looking at the little tracker they've got there, the Garden of Green is ridiculous. Uh, Sigurdsson's in my team for the rest of the season now. I'm just reading a stat here, Iceman, in terms of um, in terms of Siggy. So under Clement, you spoke last week, I think. Uh, it might be you or the general last week spoke about his increase in form. But again, after another great weekend for him, it, what's happened under Clement is actually he's gone from... Um, an increase in shots in the box from 0.9 to 1.2 per game under Clement, which shows he's getting in the box more, whether that's attacking style. But also his average chances created per game has gone from 2 to 2.4. Now that extra service um, has meant that he's actually scored or assisted 50, uh, 57% of the goals that have been scored under Paul Clement. So I wonder if the increase in form for Siggy and his style of play is benefiting the likes of your Ente now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It's good, good stats there, mate. Good stats. I, I think I think he's actually uh, sort of designed his play according to the the strengths of the squad. So if you see Olsen, if you see uh, Sigurdsson, if you see Lorente, a lot of the play is around these players. So I think he's sort of made a structure around these players, and everyone else has been asked to like support these guys. I I don't know if it sounds very practical in footballing terms. But I think he's like put them at the heart of the team and he's designing everything around them. Yeah, there's, I think that's the best way to go. I mean, Olsen's on fire at the moment, isn't he? Scoring again. He's been one of the sign of the seasons for the January window, in my opinion. Uh, he's got five attempts in the last game as well. So for a left back, what is he, 4.5, 4. 4.6 is he now? Um, he's, four, he's still 4.5. So yes, great option here and going forward as well. Another season keeper, maybe. Yeah, he had um, obviously second goal in three starts. He had five shots in game week twenty-seven. So yeah. if that's not attacking fullback, I don't know what is. And actually, that the Swansea defence. I mean, granted, they're still leaking goals, but it is looking a lot more settled now. You have got Olsen, which I think is going to be the starter for them. You've got Norton, Mawson, and Fernandez, who's still only four point two million. So he, for consistency, isn't a bad shout. He's a quality player. So. Again, I think I'm more pro Urente and Sigurdsson for this one. But if you want to take a punt, if you're looking to pack out 11 players in this next game week, an attacking Swansea fullback option might not be a bad idea. Yeah, they still can see that nothing else, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Just a small disclaimer on this. Um, Swansea actually have just two home fixtures in the next six. They actually tend to do well at home. And one of the home fixtures is Tottenham. So I think I would just, uh, in terms of defence, I would probably uh, be a little cautious uh, on this fixture. Uh, you can punt on Olsen because of his uh, attacking um, prowess that he has. But I think I, you'd have to be a little careful if you're taking a hit. I think it's, again, a luxury transfer. I'd probably keep away from it. Yeah, with the form of Harry Kane at the moment, you'd think he'd, uh, he, he might have a thing or two to say about that back four. Yeah, we had um just sorry just moving on to uh, we had a question here from Paul Buchanan from Facebook. He's saying, "What do you think about doubling up on Sigurdsson and Lorente?" Well, I've already done it. I think you have as well, have you, Billy? Um, I know. Uh, I've, I've only gone for um, I've only got uh, for loan. Blimey, uh, <laughs> I've only got Lorente at the moment. I haven't gone for for Sigurdsson um, yet. So I've got one more transfer I'm going to take this week, and I'm going to not rush it. So I could double up on those two, but we shall see. <laughs> You're keeping that close to your chest, Evil. I am at the moment because I've got a few. It's it's probably either going to be Siggy or one of the players we discuss uh, in the next fixture. Yeah. 
Well, I can see. Bully is keeping it close to his heart because of the cash there. I think he doesn't want to give away everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, well, it's take, it, honestly, Sid, it's taken me about 28 weeks to get above the Iceman, and I intend to stay there, so I need to plan these transfers. Yeah, I think Iceman has been ice cool this season with his transfers. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sid. Uh, I do think, though, Lorente, he is another good option. Like you say, scored. Two this week. He seems to get loads of headers, doesn't he? And he hit the bar with a header as well last week. Uh, he had six efforts inside the box by him, which was more than any other player this week. So it just shows that he's definitely getting involved in a lot more. He's just such a an old vintage player, isn't he? Seems to be in yes. the right place at the right time. He is a dying breed of, of a centre forward who can just get on. You can stick the ball in the box, and he's just he's a bit like Carroll. He can just get on the end of things. He's got the physicality, yeah. and he can use his noggin as well. So he's a great great option for them. Yeah. Just but, to, uh, yeah, just coming to that uh, on Lorente and the, the question, the Twitter question, I just feel that a double up would be, uh, I think it would be pushing it somehow. I don't have a very good feeling about doubling up on that because Sigurdsson is always involved. Uh, who is at the end of his crosses, passes, etc. would be, can be Mawson, can be anyone. So I'd probably not take my head out for Lorente. I'd probably just stick with just Sigurdsson for this game. Uh, again, if someone has Ibrahimovic and if they're really uh, lagging behind in the points, they probably can punt on Lorente. But for me, it's about uh, making sensible decisions long term. And I wouldn't have him. I wouldn't have both of them. I would probably just have, if I couldn't uh, get Sigurdsson, I would probably just go for him, but not have both of them. Okay, good points. I mean, Swansea are second to West Ham for crosses in the box uh, in the last two game weeks. So it does give a lot of options for Lorente as a, he's a heading king. Yeah, and, and why not? If you've, if you've got a player like that in the box, I'd be launching it every time. Yeah. <clears throat> box in the box. Absolutely. <laughs> Chaps, um, nobody's mentioned the word Hull, well, the words Hull City. Is, is that because there's nothing available or are we waiting for a, uh, have either of you got a gem to call? Yeah, I mean, Grzycki, he got the assist in the last game. He does look very active. Five attempts on goal, I think, he got in the last game. I'm just having a look here. I'm just wondering where I got that from last week, actually. But he does look very active going forward. And they've got Markovic back now. I mean, I wouldn't punt on these players, like you say, for the remainder of the season. If you've got them, then play them, obviously. But they just don't look a decent side as a unit, as a, as a team. They're, they're, they can be quite secure def- defensively but I can't they're attacking returns yeah you can't really see much from any of those players in my opinion so I think Grusiki is a very interesting uh, shout out there uh, he's had actually nine shots in the last uh, two games uh, he's had only one on target though so very low conversion he's actually not scored yet but he has an assist uh, so I think um, again one to watch but I wouldn't get him in I think it's I think it's bit it's just pushing it a bit too much if you go for something like that. You have to be a bit desperate. I'm actually a little bit desperate at the moment, but I'm not still not going for him. Um, so I really can't see anyone else. Maybe a defender. Maybe uh, if you don't have even if you are like I say eight players and you have a free transfer, you could probably change someone like Ahmad to a Robertson or Maguire. But I would probably stay away. It's it's a hard one, but. Um, yeah, I'd probably stay away. The um, in in true uh, fancy football surgery podcast style, Sid. In this case, we would probably say about Grzycki, he's due. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just before we move on, I just had a few things here just to kind of note. I know that Norton got subbed off due to injury, so that could be a blow for Swansea and they're keeping the clean sheet side as they've conceded the most goals so far this season. Um, Fur and Narsing, they are getting involved in the attacks a lot more. I'm kind of going to keep an eye on those two. I mean, obviously, if you're going for a, a Swansea midfielder, it's going to be Siggy, but if you can't quite afford Siggy, maybe Fur could be an option in the future. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on them, maybe not for this week, though. I'd probably just avoid that. I'd, I'd not go near him. Uh, just I just don't see enough in him. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed with the uh, decline of fur over the course of the season, but uh, we shall see. We'll keep our eye on those in the next few weeks. Chaps, this brings us on to a game that perhaps more managers will be looking at because of the uh, the value that the players will represent longer term for the season. Liverpool versus Burnley. Um, apart from when Sanchez was on for the lion's share of the game against Arsenal, they dominated. Great 3-1 victory. Another great performance by Sadio Mane. Now, I, know, I know a lot of people when they heard news that Liverpool would be playing in this game week, put Mane in a few weeks ago and have, uh, have benefited greatly. He's made a huge difference to Liverpool since coming back from the Cup of Nations. Statistically or not, you can see it in their play. He offers them something much more direct and he changed the dynamic of their, their front three. Um, Iceman, who do you like in, in this fixture? Well, I'm actually going to pose this question direct to, to Sid, as I know he's had a quick look at this one. Uh, we've got El Magico from Twitter ask us the one question Great you're bound name. to answer, the one question you're bound to answer incorrectly, <laughs> so he had faith in us, is uh, Mane, Firmino or Coutinho? So what is your thinking on this, Sid? Um, I'm actually going to stick my head out on this and I'm going to go with Coutinho. Um I'll just give you a few stats, though uh, I think his stats are a little misleading some sometimes. Uh, he's had 20 shots, uh, 24 shots actually, in the last uh, four games. Uh, he's had eight shots on target, um, nine attempted assists. He's been involved. He's not produced as much as he's been involved. So uh, if if I was to get someone in, I would probably get him in. If but there's obviously a slight disclaimer. Uh, I would go for Mane if I'm sitting uh, pretty in the top 40-50k, maybe even 100k. Because a lot of people have him and a lot of people will captain him. So if you're chasing, I'd go Coutinho. If you're already doing really well, you should probably go save, go with the higher percentage player, go with the higher captaincy player. I'd go for Mane then. Uh, Firmino, on the other hand, I, th- I heard he didn't, um, he didn't train today. So probably keep away from that. Oh, he didn't train? Oh, I didn't hear that. No, I wasn't aware of that situation either. We'll have to keep an eye on that over the uh, the next few weeks, or well, the next week rather. I guess uh, what that means then is just keep your eye on the um, on the statements of Ben Dinnery for the rest of the week as we wait eagerly to see if Sadio will be playing. At Ben Dinnery on Twitter. We do like Ben Dinnery. Okay. So, any players from Burnley, chaps? I'd uh, just not even look at it. Uh, though Liverpool played terribly against uh, against say the so-called smaller teams, uh, lower budget teams at home. But I would, uh, if you have Heaton, you could you would you have to play him. Uh, but other than him, absolutely no one. Yeah, I think I agree with Sid here. It's, uh, there's not really any options there. Barnes is still out, so Vokes is you know now maybe a cheap option, but you, know, you really wouldn't go there unless you really have to. I mean, Gray, he got a good second goal in the last game. Um, but yeah, it's just not good enough for me. He's, Gray's only scored... Six of his eight goals have been against um, teams 
in the bottom six. So it just shows that he only scores against bad teams. There's, there's Brady as well, free kicks and corners, but no, they're not not one going forward. So Andy Gray is again uh, one which I would probably stay away from. Uh, he's he's doing okay. He's uh, he has free kicks and uh, the penalties as well, but fixtures are absolutely terrible. They have Liverpool away, Spurs at home, Borough away again, which is a hard fixture. Uh, because Boro usually don't concede many, and they have Everton away. These are four fixtures in the next six, so definitely not going for them. Yeah, I mean, you're only looking at Liverpool options here, aren't you, really? I mean, some people are looking at Lalana. had uh, Brett from Facebook asked me uh, about him, but he just looks like kind of the new James Milner, in a way. The Mr. Work Hard, he does, does that affect his FPL output? Does he Is he going to get many uh, goals and assists from that? I mean, he ran 12.6 kilometres against Arsenal with 77 sprints. That's a lot of running uh, Klopp's asking yeah. him to do. And whether that's it's, going to affect his assist potential and scoring, who knows? I think it's absolutely um, how he's been trained, Klopp, to do that sort of role. I don't. I think it really limits his scoring potential. I actually had him in. Uh, I removed him for Sane this week, even though I knew he would be playing uh, the next game week. I took a hit to remove him uh, for Sane, which has gone okay till now. I just don't see him doing anything. Uh, Lalana just just playing too deep. He's working too hard for the team. He's creating it for others. If you saw uh, his pass uh, to Origi for the third goal, which Willianam actually scored, it was it was absolutely brilliant. But in FPL, you don't get points for doing uh, things that are, look brilliant. You actually yeah. have to either be the last pass or the last shot after the go- ball goes into the net. So Lalana definitely not one for me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Just uh, another note on Burnley is that they haven't won in their last four matches and they've conceded seven and six of them came in their away fixtures and this is an away fixture for them. So, yeah, I can see loads of goals here and also just a quick shout on my opinion on Mane, Firmino or Coutinho. I think you can go for either one of the of the three, just hearing that Firmino has not been training, uh, you know, you're going to opt for probably Mane or Coutinho. Coutinho, I can see him coming back into form now. Uh, he's probably the hopeful one. For me, it's Mane, but that's, like Sid says, I'm in, I'm in the top 60k, so I'm just going for the uh, high ceiling option and the, the most common one. Nice shout, Ice Man. Okay, chaps, that brings us to the So I'm going to go for a quick sum up. Before okay. you do, I need to go to the little boys' room. Right, okay. So um, I guess everyone can enjoy some elevator music as the Iceman takes a leak. Welcome the Iceman back from his uh, brief uh, piss interlude. We actually had some positive feedback about this feature that we've randomly added to the podcast. We tried many things over the last 52.5 <laughs> episodes, but that one has received the most positive feedback, apparently. <laughs> so uh, apparently Iceman has to keep, um, keep leaking mid-pod. Anyway, um, so chaps, before we get to our captain's pick, I'm just going to give a brief uh, summary of the main players that we've picked. Again, if you can't be bothered to listen to the podcast, you might have jumped straight forward to this, and here it is. So the first three o'clock kickoff on the 11th of March, 
Bournemouth versus West Ham. We had quite a discussion over Bournemouth. We were split between Snodgrass versus Lanzini. We think you can go either way with those two. Um, the Iceman was very pro Antonio for this one and moving forward as well. Sid, not so much. So a little bit of division there. In terms of Bournemouth, we weren't too excited by what they've got to offer other than Joshua King. Still very, very cheap price in midfield and on penalties as well. Looks to be uh, maintaining his position in that one. Everton versus West Bromwich Albion. We were talking very much about the uh, the toffees at home for this one. Lukaku is the obvious pick here, a potential captain's choice, but we also have a lot of praise for Seamus Coleman. Just check out those points returns over the last few weeks. He's up to 121 for the season now. And £6 million, he is worth every penny, we think. I should just say sorry as well. We weren't uh, overly keen on West Brom players just with their recent result against Palace. But, of course, if you've got McCauley or any West Brom players, they're worth featuring for this game week uh, with them being one of the only sides playing. Hull versus Swansea. Again, all the talk there was about Urente and Sigurdsson. Siggy, probably the more informed man overall in terms of threat with goals and provision, but also Llorente bang in form in terms of strikes in the air at the moment. Um, we didn't have a lot of love for Hull City, but Grzycki could be a good cheap differential there as well. Just needs to start converting some of the things that he's clearly doing in the build-up in the Hull City attacks. And then we came to Liverpool, where the obvious discussion was around Firmino, Mane and Coutinho. With some doubts over Firmino, we're very much pro-Mane if you've already got him. If not, where have you been? Get him in your team. And Coutinho, the Iceman sense, is maybe coming back into form. We weren't overly sold on Adam Lallana yet. Want to see a bit more of a return to form from him. And uh, from Burnley, again, not too much to shout about here, unfortunately. No real consistency across the pitch. And with Liverpool um, playing so well against Arsenal, we don't have a lot of love for them at the moment. Nice sum up, Paul. Lovely stuff. Just adding to that, I've actually made like a uh, buying guide. I've actually run it through the Iceman as well. So we'll be posting that on Twitter as well through uh, uh, the official account. I'll post it through my account as well. And that has uh, sort of a category-wise uh, summary of each team and what my thoughts are. Yeah, so, Sid, Sid's put together a nice little guideline of uh, kind of what he feels like you should follow in terms of essentials and punts and then you know no-goes. So yeah, it's a nice little information which he's uh, put together, a little chart there. So we'll just give out a retweet from our account so you can have a look at that. Yes, yeah, so we thanks Sid for doing that. Definitely uh, check that out. Uh, summaries of all of our discussions from today. Sid, I'm going to come back to you though. We need a captain. Who are you looking at for this game week? Um, uh, again, it has to be. I have to give you two answers for that. Mane, if uh, you have him, if you can afford him, I can't afford him at the moment without a hit. So I have to look elsewhere. Um, second option has to be Lukaku. Um, he's doing well. He is high ownership. So I think if you don't have money, you'd probably go Lukaku. If you don't have both, I would hide behind the the couch. I would probably not even <laughs> switch on the couch. <laughs> Iceman. Well, I do actually think there's probably a number of choices this week. I know there's limited games to choose between, but if you're looking for like to get ahead, like this may be the week. If you're if you hit the captain nail on this week, 
then you could get one over on your mini league rivals. So I've got a few players here. I've got Antonio that I've even put a flag over here, thinking against Bournemouth, you can see goals potential there for him to get header or two. He loves a header. Uh, Lorente, I've got as well. Sigurdsson, Mane, Lukaku, all these players. Like I'm kind of hopeful for points this game week. Uh, I say I'm hopeful and I'll end up with nothing. But at the moment, I've got it on Mane because he just looks so explosive against Burnley. They haven't got they haven't got good form away from home. They've conceded a few and uh, Liverpool in form. They just I don't think Burnley are going to stop them. I know they've lost against Burnley before, but that was uh, that was different circumstances away. So I can just see Liverpool tearing Burnley a new one here and Mane to be the beneficiary of this. I mean, for me, this is process of elimination. I think Bournemouth versus West Ham, lots of potential for West Ham there, but it also has a potential to be a nil-nil, that one. Everton versus West Brom, definitely potential for Lukaku, but West Brom on their day, very good defensively. Hull versus Swansea, again, I don't know if as, as good as Siggy and Urente have been. I don't know if I trust them to score well enough as captain options yet. So for me, that comes down to Liverpool versus a Burnley side that have conceded another three away from home in the past week against Swansea City. For me, this is all about Liverpool captaincy. Now, the question is where you go. For me, Sadio Mane is only the second fastest man alive to the flash at the moment. (laughs) So it's either him, although as a differential, if Firmino is fit, I'm leaning towards having a Mane-Firmino double up in midfield and potentially, after his performance against Arsenal, captaining Firmino. So I'm stuck between those two. However, in true podcast style, I'm going to have to be nailed to one. So I'm going to say Sadio Mane. I would think if anyone's got a Liverpool defender for likes of Klein, Matip, maybe, I don't think Burnley are going to get any goals here. So you're looking at a clean sheet. Klein gets forward, maybe a potential assist or two there. I think cheeky uh, captain on Klein would be a great punt this week. There's your outsider for the week then, folks. See what you get for that at the bookies. <laughs> so, chaps, we've we've covered all of the games for this game. We, we've picked our captains, we've summarised, and that leads us into social media. Iceman, what have you got for us? Yeah, we've got a few questions this week. Um, I'm just going to go over ones which kind of don't involve this particular game week. Kind of going forward, looking at the players going forward. We had one from JNO, a, a past guest on here he's just saying now that Leicester have performed in two matches now uh, which of their players are you keeping an eye on um, for me it's got to be Mares, really the only problem here is that the price tag is just I think it's just out of the reach really like you, you need to kind of hope that they're going to keep that form continuously now it's just now that you've seen them dip it's whether you trust them it's just their fixtures going forward are quite strong out of the lot it would be um uh, out of the attacking players, I would, uh, I would be on Mares here. Uh, personally, I wouldn't look at any of them at the moment. Uh, the main reason being, uh, whoever I get in on my wild card uh, or going forward has to be one who's either playing a double game week and has to have a good double game week since there'll be such a large uh, number of teams who have uh, double game weeks. And uh, the double game week Leicester may have, uh, according to Ben Crellin on. Uh, Twitter, who's the double game week guru. I got uh, Arsenal, it ha- they, yeah. yeah, it has to be Arsenal away and City away, if I'm not wrong. Uh, in double game week 37. Um, I don't see Leicester getting anything from that, away from home. They've been so bad this season. 
I would just totally stay away from them at the moment going forward until they start producing something like last year where you have to get them in um, just too expensive and too inconsistent. Yeah, Pete, what do you reckon? Well, at the moment, really, we're talking about a Leicester side that are battling relegation. And after the next game week, they're away at West Ham. And I look at their other fixtures uh, moving forward. So home against Stoke City for the next few. Then home against Sunderland. So um, I, I hear Sid's point in terms of around a wild card team. But not not bad fixtures if you're wanting a differential. Now, for me, the question is who is up for the fight for Leicester City? They've gone back to their, their basic 4-4-2. They're under a new manager. The team looks rejuvenated. You want to see a few, you know, evidence of a few fixtures like that. But over the last few games since their mini resurgence, Jamie Vardy, for me, has been the one that's looked bang up for it again. Sharp as anything in front of goal. Another assist last week. Um, Mares for me, I agree, Jim, he's, he's, you know, fantastic on his day, but does blow a bit hot and cold whether he's up for a relegation scrap or not. Um, and he is still quite expensive. I, I wouldn't put him in ahead of a lot of the people we've talked about on this pod today. So the one I'm thinking about is Jamie Vardy. Yeah, again, though, it's just uh, his price tag. I mean, he is he is playing well now. He seems to now that Ramier he is the best is striker gone. in Europe on his day, though. You've got to remember that. <laughs> yeah, he's voted in the. Uh... If you don't believe that, he will cut you. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually you have to choose from. Um from a group of, say, Lukaku, Costa, Kane, Ibrahimovic, Gabardini, Dini. So when you look at that group and then you look at Vardy at his price, somehow doesn't uh, appeal to me. Uh, maybe he, he proves me wrong, maybe, and they survive and they do well. But at the moment, from that group, I just don't see uh, something really has to bite me to get him in. Yeah, no, I think I'm in agreement as well. I mean, if I was going to go with Leicester, I'd probably want to punt on one of these cheaper ones, like um, uh, Gray or something like that, but he doesn't get the minutes. So it's not, for me, I yeah, I'd rather have someone else. Probably even look, look at Pooks. He's actually done pretty okay in the last two games. I'd probably yeah, assist in the goal, yeah. Okay, moving on from Leicester, we've got uh, Kevin Sears at uh, Kev Sears saying, how risky is Sanchez now uh, with the issues at Arsenal? Well, after tonight, it could be very risky. He was he was brought off and he didn't look happy and there's all sorts of rumours going on. So it is a risk now. A lot of people are looking at bringing him back in for game week 29. He is Arsenal's main man up top. Uh, it's whether all this bad press is going to affect the team or not I'm a bit worried that it's going to and yeah, Sanchez may be affected from that apparently um, I, I didn't actually watch the game I couldn't watch it I know it sounds bad but I couldn't watch the, the drubbing that we we're going to get which we got uh, I, I did hear that Sanchez just wasn't involved in tonight's game at all and he was just playing bad so for me yeah it could be a risk now he could be right there Kevin what do you reckon Billy what's your opinion on that oh can you go to Sid <laughs> um <laughs> I, yeah, it's it is a difficult one. I mean, the, the team are going to be. This is going to have an effect. Losing ten two is huge. You know, at least in the last few, the last few seasons when Arsenal have been knocked out in the Champions League, they've cocked it up in the first leg. Then looked like a semi decent side, but this is just an absolute drubbing. You know, he's a world class player. He is going to play every game for Arsenal now. They've they've got nothing else. That, but there is the cup, I suppose, to focus on. But he's going to be involved in every game, and he's going to have to be. If we're going to um, if, this, if we're going to make it into the top four this season, so um, I, I'm not going to write him off, and I think a player like that will inevitably still play well. Would I bring him straight back in? 
I wait for the dust to settle for a week or two, yeah, um, just yeah. following this, and then see how the land lies after that. Yeah, Sid, what are your opinions on Sanchez? I actually, yeah, I actually felt really, really bad, even though I'm a United fan and I should probably be a little happy. Uh, but I was just like, for English football, like we, like a lot of us call it the best league in the world, and um, it was such a terrible, terrible performance. They actually just gave up after they were one nil up and. After Kushalni got sent off, they absolutely gave it. And then, um, I just feel that that's going to have... And then there were pictures of, San- of Sanchez like laughing or whatever, uh, laughing or smiling. or There was something... It, was, it just seemed wrong. Uh, I doesn't mean that I, do, I wouldn't get him. Uh, I would definitely get him because people who have not captained, Trippin captain Aguero will definitely want to use it on Ibrahimovic or uh, on Sanchez. He may have a really good double game week in 32 or 33. He's one player you should definitely have. A, a risk not worth taking, not having him. Even on one leg, he's probably better than half the players in the league. So, a definite yes. As soon as you can get him back, you should get him back for me. Okay, yeah, good good shouts there. Moving on to the next question we've got here from FPL Hortz. It's saying, what amount of hits, if any... So we're going back to uh, what we're going to do for this game week. What amount of hits, if any, do you deem acceptable for this game week? Now, I'll, I'll just give you my thoughts on this. So if you're looking at a player, you need to take two aspects into mind. Whether you're going to keep this player beyond this game week or whether it's just going to be a, a one-week punt. And if you're going to bring them in, you've got to at least expect four points. So it is a risk, whoever you're going to go with. So for me, I would just take one points hit on a player which you kind of think is going to be nailed on for four points. Obviously, there's never a case of nailed on for four points. But yeah, I wouldn't do it on a defender because it's too risky. You only gain like two points unless they get bonus. Uh, it's got to be one of these attacking players who you're looking at for the likes of Lorente, maybe even Carroll or Lukaku, like you say. But I wouldn't do it for Lukaku. I would do it for for the players playing against the uh, smaller team. So it would only be for a Liverpool midfielder for me. What, what do you reckon, uh, Sid? Uh, so I'm going to keep it really simple. Uh, three players, Lukaku, Sigurdsson, and one of the Liverpool midfielders uh, as per choice. Uh, if you don't have any of them, I would get all of them and take a minus eight. I'm almost, I think everyone would have possibly one player out of them. So I think a minus four to get two of them, if you have one of them, would be sensible. Personally, I have Sigurdsson and I have Lukaku. So I'm going to take one, uh, I'm going to use my free transfer to get Coutinho in, I guess. That's what I'm looking at. So... At max, I would look at. I'm I'm assuming everyone has one of them, so I think maximum of a four point hit. Though I don't see great value in that, but see Mane, it will be huge on captaincy. That's one thing you have to look at. So if you're captaining him, you're almost nullifying the effect of uh, the hit. So I definitely go for one one of the Liverpool midfielders for sure. Even if it means a hit, I would go for them. If you can't afford them, then you should make space for them. Even even if it means a hit. Yeah, I think you've got to be looking at the fact that this week there's not going to be that many points available. So taking a points hit kind of means like you're already behind. Um, I can't see, you know, I can see the average being about 35 this game week. I can't see it being high. So if you're already going to take a points hit, you need to kind of make sure that you're bringing in someone that's going to score high. Pete, Pete, what's your opinion? Yeah, I, th- I think really ultimately it depends on how many players you've already got. Um, if you haven't planned too well, you've got injuries and you're only going to be fielding five, then I think you've got no choice but to, to take an eight. But 
Yeah, I think if possible, no more than four, because I think, like I've mentioned it last week, I, I felt committing to City and almost seeing as the two or three players you've got playing for them makes up for if you've only got eight players playing this week. I, I saw more potential for points there than I did in this game week, and I kind of still stand by that. I don't see any fixtures where, other than the Liverpool game, where there's, you know, players jumping off the page saying they're going to score you know five ten plus so um i would try and ride out on on a minus four on this week and and so you don't destroy your team and you can continue from there yeah okay yeah good points from both of you there we had a a few questions regarding players uh we want to sell so we had one from el magico here he's saying keep or sell aguero post double game week and uh speedster is actually saying um should i get rid of aguero after this double game week 27 peps rotation and hard fixtures etc so i mean i i've got Aguero and I had Zlatan and Zlatan's just got his three game ban so it's a big talking point there if you've got Zlatan I would be straight out with him he's already gone for me for Lorente so at the choice of those two I'll go Zlatan um, if you have got Aguero and you haven't got Zlatan then um, it is a consideration uh, you've got to look at it as Aguero's got such good history that he can score in any game whether he's got bad fixtures or not yeah, if he plays, then he's going to get a goal somewhere. It's just the Pep's rotation that you need to be worried about. What's your opinion on this one, Billy? I think it depends on who you sacrifice to get him. Now, I got rid of Harry Kane for a double game week, and I, I still sort of stand by, I know Kane scored, but I think I stand by that that's worth it with the potential for Aguero, whatever he does do tomorrow night. But actually going forward, I, I'm looking at the moment, who's in better form? Now, if Aguero does well tomorrow, and I think he's in good form and he's playing well, I'd possibly keep him. But I think if Harry carries on like he is, I, I have a decision to make whether I get rid of Lukaku to get Kane back in or whether I, I spread my money more evenly by taking out um, Aguero. Of course, you've still got Costa playing very well and scoring goals. So I'm not going to be able to say what I'd like to do on that until I've seen can play um, against Stoke. Okay, yeah, um, fair point. Think, Sid? Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep him for the next... Uh, for the for the blank, I think there's no point getting rid of him. I don't see many other options other than Lukaku. I don't really rate uh, Laurentiy and, and Carroll. I think Carroll definitely because of his injury risk. I think just too risky. Um, probably would keep him for the next fixture as well, Game Week 29. Then Game Week 30 has a really interesting fixture switch where Everton start having tough fixtures and Southampton start having good fixtures. Again, Arsenal have a good run of fixtures. Uh, Chelsea have some good fixtures. Ibra comes back in game week 31. I'd probably hold Aguero till I get a bit more clarity. I would want Kane in. I would want Gabbiadini in. So then probably get rid of him around that time. Uh, look at removing Ibrahimovic if I have him right now first and probably keep... Um, if you already have, say, Lukaku and, say, Costa then I'd probably get rid of uh, um, him. But I don't think I would personally remove him for the next two weeks. Okay, good points, guys. Um, I had another one here from Tim Murray, at Tim Murray 91 is saying, any stats or guesses on average amount of players it would be good to have playing in Game Week 28? I, I don't have any stats or guesses. <laughs> um, it's, it'll be interesting to see what the average will be. I'm sure Fancy Football Fix, they have some there's some good stuff on there showing probably uh, how much the amount of players. Do you have anything, Sid? Yeah, I actually got input from Mika, uh, uh, who up is his, that's his uh, Twitter handle. Uh, he actually, uh, one of our uh, FPL Academy uh, team members in that, that tournament that we have where we have 44 players per team. 
uh, FPL Stato. He has actually given me a few stats. Oh, nice. So in this Cash League Moolah, which is uh, on uh, Facebook, the average player, which is a lot of good players, which a lot of people who are aware of the game, uh, it's 7.2 players on an average before transfers. That's the amount of players they have playing right now. Uh, this is uh, excluding injuries. So someone like Heaton, Phillips, they're flagged. Uh, at the moment, but they could play. So, players eligible. So, it's, that's 7.2. Uh, the Hall of Fame, the uh, the Fantasy Football Scout Hall of Fame has 7.6 players on an average, which is again a very high collection, very uh, good collection of the most highly ranked players. And the top 50 overall in FPL at the moment have 7 players, 6.9 to be precise. So, in my opinion, before transfers this week, um, it's about 6 to 7. With transfer, with the free transfer, I think if you have seven players, I would not go beyond that. Seven to eight, eight is a very good number. Nine is excellent. And if you have 11 like James does, then that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I have 11 players, just to gloat about that a little bit. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, thanks for that, Sid. Those great stats you got there. Um, appreciate them. We had one from, we had an email. Which is uh, probably almost the first we had an email. No, oh. someone's someone's used the account. Well, yeah, they, they've used it. He he has got access well, to. Well, after reading it out about fifty three times, <laughs> it's uh, it's good to know it's finally been used. <laughs> FPL Piglet, who's messaged us on Twitter before, decided to email us. He said, as we all know, there's not a lot of teams to choose choose players from this game week. My question is therefore. Play two times West Brom defenders versus Everton or spread the risk and play Heaton over Foster versus Liverpool. He can see a lot of saves from Heaton in that game week if he's recovered. Then again, Liverpool have got a lot of goals in them which equal a lot of minus points. So he's, if you look at that, if you bring it down, whether he plays two West Brom defenders versus Everton or spread the risk and play Heaton over Foster for the Liverpool game. So what would you do there, Bully? Um, I'd steer clear of Heaton. <laughs> I mean, say, I think uh, if you're asking who's got a bigger chance of a clean sheet, I definitely think it's Foster. Yeah. Um, the only thing you might get out of Heaton is uh, save bonus. Yeah, Sid, what do you reckon? Um, I'd actually go the other way. I just don't. I've actually had um, Evans and Foster, I think, since game week three. <laughs> and they've given me, so, say, three or four clean sheets. So I'm extremely... I think I have a bias against them now, so I'm going to go with Heaton on this. Uh, he could, he's, he's the he, if he could keep uh, United out at Old Trafford, he can keep uh, Liverpool out at Anfield. Uh, I wouldn't buy him, but if I was uh, FPL Figlet, which is possibly the only FPL name I've heard which is worse than my own Twitter handle, <laughs> uh, then, uh, <laughs> uh, then I'd possibly go for Heaton just to spread the risk and. Uh, just hope because I think Heaton has a larger point ceiling. Liverpool can go missing sometimes, and that could mean 10 12 points for Heaton. So I'd go for Heaton on this one. Oh, good. I like the diversity. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, right. We've, uh, we've got to wrap this up now. So we've just got one one quick one from uh, Shahil. He's asking, chaps, should I minus for Sane for Firmino? Will bench Stan uh, Stanislav regardless of whether he's fit or not for game week 28? So do you reckon he should do a minus four for Sane uh, to Firmino? Um, so Stanislas is, I think, ruled out for the next 10 days. So he can expect Stanislas not to play. I think that makes things a lot easier, which means that he either has a blank player, uh, he either plays with 10, which is, again, a very, very good number, uh, or he has, or he takes a minus four 
to play Firmino. If Firmino is fit, uh, I would take that hit. If he's not fit, I would take a hit for Coutinho. So I would uh, basically ask him if he doesn't have Coutinho already, and if Firmino is not fit, go for Coutinho. If Firmino is fit, probably if he wants to go for Firmino, go for Firmino. But I would want, to, I would urge him to take that. That yeah. hit. I think it's worth it. I fully, I fully agree with you there. Uh, Sid, some great points there. Bully, are you in agreement there? I, I, I yeah, that, that's a no-brainer for me. I definitely would go for Mina. Yeah. That's worth a minus four. Cool. That's the end of uh, Twitter and social media. Thanks for all your questions, guys. We do appreciate them every week. Uh, keep them coming. Yeah, thanks for your, for your questions, everybody. And that brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. I want to thank our guest for getting up in the early hours all the way from New Delhi to speak to us. So, Sid, thank you. Thank you, Sid. And thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Great. If, if you just want to remind people of, you, of your uh, Twitter handle again. Yeah, it's uh, it's Fantasy Pest. Uh, it's Fantasy followed by Pest, which is P-E-S-T. Um, and you, my name is Sid. It's actually a private account, so if you give me a follow, I can see. I just don't want a lot of uh, my friends to have me on them. But other than yeah. that, I'm okay with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, strictly closed to any friends trying to get yeah. the, uh, the one-up on <laughs> Sid. I have my friends, they've like, posted my transfers on our, on our little WhatsApp uh, FPL group, yeah. and then they're all analyzing, and then a lot of them are just probably just doing the same things. So I've just gotten rid of that. (laughs) Get that stress out of your life. Okay, like I say, thank you very much for joining us. Great to have you on. I'm sure we'll do it again at some point in the future. Um, Iceman? Yeah, thanks, Billy. Thanks, Sid. And uh, like I said last week, try not to overthink it. No overthinking. Well, if you want to get in contact with us in between pods, um, again, just to say thank you to all the listeners this week. We hit around 17 hundred listens which is one of our highest pods uh, i think it's one of our highest pods of the season actually so great support thank you for that if you want to contact us you can listen to us uh well, rather you can follow our progress on our website www.fancyfootballsurgery.com also on facebook.com forward slash fancy football surgery you can listen to us on itunes and if you do so please uh, pop a review on there uh, and leave a comment let us know what you think of us or give us a rating you can listen to us on SoundCloud, easy to download on the app. Um, tweet us at FF underscore surgery. We respond to most uh, tweets on there and at least answer your questions on the pod. Any questions that don't get answered, we'll always respond to on the account. So uh, give us a follow on there, get involved in the discussion and the polls we've had on this week. You can also email us ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. Now we're getting floods of emails and questions coming in. I know the Iceman would uh, kill me if I didn't read that out this week. So there you go. And you can also join our mini league for a chance to win the coveted Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast t shirt. The code is 17603 seven one eight and we're down to the last uh, 10 games of the fpl season Um, lots of decisions to be made at this point in time but we look forward to speaking to you in the next game week
Dun, 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 dun. Lovely. Good pod. <laughs> nice pod, Stead. Good con- contribution. Yeah, great, yeah stats. great stats. Thank you. Yeah, you got more stats than me. <laughs> okay.